went to a, a celebration this last weekend of someone who'd been in 40 years of ministry. And so there were a lot of pastors there from all over. And uh, one of the pastors said, David Horton, you're famous. Did you know how famous you are? <laughs> he said, everybody knows who you are. <laughs> Embarrassed David, but it's true. He is famous. And we love him, don't we? Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Very much. We love you. And uh, so anyway, we're going to get right into the word tonight. Um, I'm going to talk to you about restoration. And this is one of my favorite subjects because I think it is such a part of the nature of God. He is a restorative God. And it gives you hope for the future, too, because some things are so unsure in the natural realm, but he is a surety. You know, God is true to his word and his uh, love, like we sang a while ago, as a good father, tells you that anything that happens to you in the future, you don't have to be afraid because God fixes it. Amen. He's a restorative God. Yeah. He restores us. And and so we'll, we'll look at... Um, We'll start with Joel chapter 2, and as we're turning there, um, just to remind all of us about um, how he restored mankind. Um, you know, we know about Adam and Eve in the garden, and how they were tempted of the enemy, the devil, and um, lost their position um, because of disobedience. And yet, God, you know, in his mercy and his love, he didn't... Um, Say, well, that's it. Y'all, you know, doomed to hell from, from this on out. I'm not taking any more of this, you know. But his mercy jumped right in to be there for them and to uh, start the restoration process. In fact, he, uh, the lamb was slain even before the foundation of the world. So we know that um, restoration is a part of him. And so uh, he, you know, he... Adam and Eve, bless their hearts, they tried to sew some little leaves together, cover up. <laughs> and can you imagine? Um, although there are some pretty big leaves around Tampa, you know, a lot bigger than where I'm from. But um, so that would help. <laughs> but still, God probably shook his head and said, come on, I'm going to get you a fur coat. I'm going to get you a mink and, you know, some other really nice furs and you'll be fine until we get this thing going, right? He covered them and he uh, helped them and uh, praise God, we know that uh, Jesus was sent to restore all of us yes. back to God. And so that's the greatest story of redemption yeah. is that we get to be joined to God again because of what Jesus did. And I thank God for that. You know, I think sometimes we, as especially if we've been saved a long, long time, I think we kind of maybe skip over that, or maybe we just don't think about it as much that how, what a great miracle salvation is. Yes. What a blessed uh, experience in our life that Christ would come and dwell in us and make us brand new. You know, he really didn't restore our spirit. He made us a brand new creature, a new creature in Christ Jesus. So our spirit is made perfect by him, and he is in there, praise God, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So he dwells in us now. He's come to dwell in us. He's always with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 
And, um, and he, you know, has expressed that all the way through his word. And so, uh, know that you are not alone. And what confidence that brings to us. You know, people who have low self-esteem or low self-worth, they should really just get into the word and see how valuable they are to God, the maker of heaven and earth. And then it would kind of renew their mind of, well, who cares what, who thinks about me? <laughs> if God is for me, who can be against me? If God has made me a new creature, I'm connected with him spiritually. I have the life of God in me now and um, the power of God, the authority of God, all those things that he's given through the redemptive work, then um, I think it would just help settle people in and give them a peace about who they are. Amen? And you you know, you I don't know, you probably heard through your life, uh, living on the beach, you know, Panama City Beach, I grew up there. and uh, So we had a lot of people come from other states, and they come to the beach, and they didn't really know why they, but they would say something like, I'm just trying to find myself, you know, and they felt like the beach was the place to come to find themselves, which I don't know about that. But I do know that when they came to church, they found themselves, they found themselves in Christ and how, what an important thing for the world to know. And I thank God for our pastor who preaches the gospel, amen, and lets people know that they can be born again, made new, amen, and uh, blessed of the Lord. So have you found Joel too? I just found it, and I had a bookmark there. So here we go, right? Um, Joel chapter 2, look at verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain, in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats of uh, shall overflow with wine and oil. Now, we know rain is a type of the Holy Spirit, water, you know, and we see that through the word. So when the Holy Spirit comes in, the Bible says there is, there is plenty. Isn't that interesting? When the Spirit of God comes in, there's plenty, because that's who God is as well. So this uh, floor shall be full and even overflowing. Now look at 25. And I will restore to you the years. God can restore years. Isn't that something? Not just hours or days or weeks, but years he can restore to you. I receive that. Amen. And um, he, I've already seen him do that. I mean, marrying my husband has restored years to my life. Isn't that something? How you can just be restored with one, one um, event that God opens up for you. And so much in that can bring such restoration, again, because that's his nature. So I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, palmer worm. Don't you, don't you hate worms? <laughs> I mean, you know, I know they're important for fishing, and I do fish, so I know that that's, you know, that. But other than that, I don't really want to see any worms. I'm just not, not into worms. And I know what they do to plants and to trees especially. So um, here we see that um, there must have to be restoration 
after things have been eaten and chewed on and devoured. And God can do that. God can do that. Look at verse 26. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the, of the Lord your God that hath dwelt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. be ashamed. Hallelujah. I love that. Now, Psalm 23, you know where Psalms is. You can find that easily. And you probably can quote the scripture, but I'm going to read it. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, the Amplified says, I shall not lack. I shall not lack. Amen. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Here it is again. Our soul is restored by the Lord. Any damage that's been, do, been done, any uh, tra trauma or uh, any kind of uh, warfare or enemy that has come against your mind, uh, your soul, God can restore that. Yeah. And, uh, and that's really, really big because uh, your soul, you know, that's where your thinking is housed. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So that's going to determine a lot of how we walk on the earth and, and, and what we accomplish. And, and even, I believe, success in our lives is due to thinking. It's due to right thinking, amen, versus wrong thinking. So um, this restoration of the soul uh, is something we can claim. He's restoring my soul. And, um, you know, renewing of the mind is part of that too. Uh, as we take turns, uh, as we take time to teach the word, love the word, uh, rejoice over the word, sing the word, amen, and just meditate upon it. Um, this, I, I can see it like uh, maybe a Afghan or something with a big hole in it, and God just is repairing that and bringing it back to beautiful restoration as we meditate on the word. He can make our minds prosperous, our souls prosperous. And um, then, of course, the Bible says, as that occurs, we become healthier and wealthier Our soul, as our soul prospers. So he restores our soul. Underline that and, and quote that. Um, if you're hurting in your soul, you know, a part of our soul is our emotions. And we can be, um, things can be inflicted, main, you know, usually by other people, but sometimes even ourselves, in our own emotional being. And so we need to know that that part needs to be restored as well. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, people can say things, they might not even mean what they say, or they might just say something off the cuff. They might mean it. Sometimes they, they mean what they say. But it can be injurious. It can be uh, uh, hurtful and, um, you know, cause a, a sore even in our soul, in our emotions. So we need to recognize that and deal with it because those kind of things can really fester and become an emotional problem. Yeah. Amen. And just because we're spirit-filled Christians doesn't mean that we don't need to take care of our emotions, <laughs> right? Emotional health is extremely important. And God tells us how to do that. He, te he teaches us how to restore our emotional being. Yeah. And many times it's through forgiveness. You know, the Bible says God is ready to forgive. 
And as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, we need to be ready to forgive. Anytime, day or night, I'm, you know, I have learned myself to do this is I am ready. I'm sitting on ready, as they say. I am ready to forgive any remarks or any offhand things or, or people do things that maybe they don't even mean to do, but it hurts. Praise God, I can forgive because God forgives. Amen. Amen. And that's part of that healing process and restoration in your emotions is to be able to forgive. And you do it by faith. Amen. You do it by faith. I love them. I forgive them. I pray for them. Will you pray for your enemies? Yep. That's what Jesus said to do. Pray and bless those. Amen. So that's what we do. And it, it really does bring a lot of rest, uh, restoration to your emotions. And then, of course, our will is the third part. You know, our, our mind, our emotions, our will. And our will is simply agreeing with the word. It's saying, whatever God says, I agree with. Whoever he says I am, I am. If he says I'm healed, I'm healed. And he does say that. If he says I'm prosperous, I am prosperous. Doesn't matter what's in the bank. Doesn't matter any, you know, what's going on with whatever financially. If he says I'm prosperous, I agree with him. Amen. And praise the Lord. He brings all that to pass. So there is that restoration of our soul that's so important. He also restores, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this already, but our life, you know, he can restore um, your life back to you. If if you think that somebody has, uh, you know, robbed you of maybe years of your life, you know, people can do ugly things and it can affect you when you didn't do anything, but you were just part of the family or part of the circle or, or part of the business or maybe even part of the church. I don't know, but thank God you don't have to stay in that hurt and stay in that uh, state of, of being, you know, the victim. We don't have to be the victim. And so thank God he's brought, he can bring restoration where you see yourself victorious. You see yourself healed and whole um, as he restores our life back to us. If there's been things stolen. And then also, he restores us physically. You know, the Bible talks a lot about healing and the physical well-being. And so let's look at that for a minute. Um, let's look at Jeremiah 30 and verse 17. Are you with me? Yes. All right. We're talking about restoration. Praise God. Praise yeah. God. I thank God for it. Because, you know, if something has been taken from you and you have no hope of ever receiving that again or having any kind of um, of uh, chance of having that kind of life that you loved and you love being with the Lord in that situation or position or whatever, um, you can really uh, find yourself in a dark hole. And many describe depression as a very dark hole where uh, there's just seems to be no hope. And um, I think we need to try as much as possible to, as, as soon as something starts happening in our emotions or in our thinking, we need to deal with it quickly. Uh, because otherwise, it, like I said a while ago, it can get worse, it can get infected and fester in your soul, just like it 
could can sure. in, your, in your body. Right. The soul is very real. And, um, you know, mental health is, is on a, a spectrum. You know, things can get really, really bad if you don't get some help for it and um, get it restored quickly. And same thing, you know, with physical healing. Many times, you know, we can get something um, dealt with early on and it's not much of a problem. But if you let it go, it can become a, a really big problem. So let's look at Jeremiah chapter 30. Look at verse 17. It says, for I will restore health unto thee. I will uh, heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because thou hast called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. So he says here, he will restore help unto us. He will heal our wounds. Um, he is the Lord that heals us. That is his name. Amen. Jehovah Rapha. And we thank God that he is our healer. And then we see in the New Testament, I love this account. Let's, let's read it. In Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8, we see another, and there's many, many more. I just selected a couple just to highlight that he is into physical restoration for us. And he provided that on Calvary through Jesus Christ. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8. Let's back up to 22. It says, he came uh, to Bethesda. And they brought a blind man unto him, Bethsaida, I'm sorry, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him and he asked him if he saw aught or can you see, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Yeah. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored yes. and saw every man clearly. Amen. So we see the blind totally restored. The blind eyes opened. He's the same today, too. He's the same today as he was then. Praise God. So if he healed this man's blind eyes, he can certainly heal our eyes. And, um, you know, he didn't mind praying for him twice here. He prayed for him, laid hands on him twice. Yeah. We're going to get this thing right. <laughs> Amen. And uh, the man saw clearly his eyesight was restored. So we see physical healing is for you. Receive it in your physical body. And it's so simple to do that. It's not hard to get healed. We seems like at times we've made it hard, but it's not hard to get healed. Amen. I think David had a sermon. What is it? Your sermon is easy to get healed. Healing is easy. Don't you like that? Healing is easy. No, not everybody likes it. People feel like you have to go through 12 steps, you know, uh, whatever to get the physical healing, seven steps, eight steps. And, and all those things are good. I'm, I love the, that, you know, teaching and getting in there. Um, and sharing those kind of things. But we don't need to make it so difficult or complex that we get away from faith in God and into formulas or, you know, dead works and things like that. But thank God that uh, it's just like a child can believe for healing. That's how simple it's just childlike faith that says, I believe I receive. I believe I receive. No matter how my body is acting or feeling, I believe right now I receive 
the healing power of God working in my body, driving out sickness and disease, and then thanking him for it. Amen? Keeping that activated in you by just giving God glory. Give the Lord glory for your healing. And we've seen it time and time again where he just works his word so beautiful, beautifully in us. Now let's look at a couple more things and I'm going to let you go. Isaiah 61, 7. Isaiah 61, 7. Um, and let's see, 61 verse 7. The Bible says here, for your shame you shall have double. Don't you like that? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. If you've been in a situation, <laughs> you can claim double back from being stolen from by the enemy. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. Now, I think some of us need to write that on our vision board. We got double, right? Double for the trouble. We got it back. Um, look up in verse 3. Um, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So here he's exchanging wonderful things for uh, not so wonderful things in our life, beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, the garment of praise for heaviness. Yeah. See, this is how he helps restore our soul. As he tells us, all right, this is what I've provided for you. Now you can walk in these things. And believe me that these things are operating in your life. Verse 4, And they shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. So we see here that building and raising former desolations and repair, restoration, even as much as for our cities. Isn't that something? Yeah. These are things that we can believe for uh, as Floridians and really as Americans yeah. and um, certainly in our city uh, right here where we are. Um, praise God for restoration and restorative power. And then uh, the last scripture tonight, let's, let's look at Luke. We'll bring it over into the New Testament. Luke chapter 4. We'll close with this. Hallelujah. Luke 4. Jesus said something here that is so profound and so wonderful. Luke chapter 4. And look at verse uh, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What does that mean? Well, gospel means good news. So when you preach the good news, you're anointed to touch poor people's lives. Well, what would be, what would the anointing do for them? What would the word of God, the good news do for a poor person? It would bring them up out of poverty. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It would bring them to a new position 
financially on this earth here now in this time. And the word will prosper you like that. I remember in our church, and we've seen it in this church too, and I've just been here a short time, but in, in the church in Panama City, we saw so many people come into the church with barely enough, I mean barely enough, even some single moms that were struggling financially and uh, ones who maybe had gotten off into drug addiction and and their lives restored, um, supernatural jobs given to them where they really didn't even have the experience or education, but the favor of God was upon them. And they, they you know, one one man in particular, he got a really nice government job um, at Department of Children and Families. And he told the guy, he said, I'm just really not qualified for this. And the guy goes, I'm going to give you the books, the handbooks and everything. You'll be fine. Just read those books. <laughs> and so he's done so well in, in that uh, particular position for years and years and years now. And then, um, you know, I've shared some other testimonies, but one comes to mind because I think sometimes we, we think if we're not a doctor or we're not a lawyer, then, you know, we're just whatever, our hourly wage or, you know, we'll never attain anything if we don't have our master's degree and our doctorate degree and et cetera. And those are good things to have. I'm not saying that anything against education. I'm just saying God is the one who's going to put you over. Amen. He is Lord, not University of Florida or Florida State or anywhere else. And so um, this one uh, guy that went to our church, I didn't know everybody there because it was a fairly large church, but I was at the gas station putting gas in my car one day, and he came over and he said, Pastor Scarlett, I go to your church. I'm a lifeguard on the beach. And he said, I started tithing and giving offerings and believing God for financial uh, abundance. And he said, you wouldn't believe how my business has doubled and tripled. He said, even with the lifeguards on either side of me, not having as much business, <laughs> but mine is just booming. He said so much so that one of them came over and said, what are you doing over here? How do you get all these, you know, the umbrellas rented for the the tourists and how do you get all those wave runners rented and you know you you've got that you know that parachute thing and it's going all the time and you know we don't see that kind of results and we're right here next to you and he goes I'm a tither <laughs> that's what he told him he said I'm a tither he said so I just had to tell you what the the ministry the church has meant to us and um and it's because of this restorative power yeah. amen it's the favor of God. It's the power of God. It's God that, bringing this anointing through Jesus Christ Amen. to preach the gospel to the poor. Yes. Amen? Yes. Throwing money at the poor is not the answer. Right. It's not the answer. We could do it all day long, and, and it's been proven that it does not work. I know I've worked in social work before, and we've given money out and given money out and given money out. And then we went back and did data results and researched it. And it made no difference in the lives of those people. Yeah. Made no difference. And, and so I'm telling you, they have to have their soul restored. Amen. They have to have this. We all do. We all do. We have to have our soul restored. And then we can uh, maintain financial wealth and even gain more as our soul prospers. So here, let's finish this. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. 
If you're broken hearted tonight, the healer is here for you. And he can heal your broken heart. To preach deliverance to the captives. Praise God. Any kind of captivity that you feel like or bondage that's in your life, God can free you from that. And he can do it in such a beautiful way. So trust him for your deliverance. Yeah. If you're, you know, having problems with addiction, whatever kind, you know, we, we automatically think drugs and that's bad, uh, to be addicted to drugs, but there's all kinds of addictions. There's, you know, uh, gambling, there's hoarding, there's shopping, there's, you know, eating, there's every kind that, you know, we try to fill up and make ourselves happy with. And that addiction can actually be very destructive. But the Lord is your deliverer. Amen. He is the one that sets the captives free. Trust him. And it says recovering of sight to the blind. We just read about that blind man. And to set at liberty them that are bruised. So when you felt bruised in your life, broken down or crushed, there's been calamity in your life. Know that God will bring you liberty. He'll bring you out of that and bring you freedom. Look at 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Yeah. We know that means jubilee. We know that was the year of debt release, yeah. debt freedom, debt yeah. cancellation. Amen. So why not believe for that too? Amen. Let's say we're free from debt. Amen. We're free from debt. Praise God. He pays off debt supernaturally in yeah. our lives. And he can, break, he can make it happen. He can make it work. So let's pray tonight. Father, we just thank you that you... Are, are everything. We trust you for everything. You're our life, Lord. You're our peace. You're our joy. Tonight, we thank you that uh, people are listening and they're hurting and they maybe uh, because of your spirit, we touched on some of those things that might even be uh, uh, humiliating them right now or shaming them or uh, that they feel like they're in something they cannot get out of, maybe a, just a trap of the enemy. We thank you right now you touch their lives. Right now you touch their minds. Right now in their emotional person, healing and help and deliverance is taking place and you are uh, bringing liberation to those that are bruised. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for freedom. We thank you, Lord, for faith, and we thank you for great, uh, um, great move in their life so that they experience you tonight, Lord, and your goodness and your love comes upon them in the name of Jesus. I thank you that fear has to go because we know fear has torment, and we thank you that fear must leave now in Jesus' name. You've given us power and love and a sound mind. We thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah.